Hello and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, where we talk about all of the messy and challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, and health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Today on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about creativity. We know that being creative and creating things can be so helpful in terms of managing anxiety because it gives us something that we can work on and see progress on, and it really gives us an outlet for some of those feelings. No matter what you're creating, uh, you can often lose yourself in it and put uh, emotions into creation. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about in terms of creativity is the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. In Big Magic, Elizabeth talks a lot about different perspectives on creativity and makers. Elizabeth Gilbert is more famously known for her book Eat, Pray, Love and a number of other non or fiction books like um, her most recent City of Girls, which I read and is excellent. But in this case, she writes a nonfiction book and she brings forward some of her ideas about how she works as a writer and in a creative field. I love her perspective about ideas coming to you and that you have to make space for them and honor them and that they can be fleeting and move on to others. She talks about creativity in a way that we don't wrestle down an idea and try to um, almost take advantage of it and make it into something for ourselves, but instead that we need to honor it work with it, become a partner with the idea, and bring it forward to the world in the best way that we can. I love it because she talks about a story where she was working on a book and she uh, has done tons of research and then eventually she has something else come up in her life and she doesn't make progress on the book for quite some time. And during that time, she says the idea must have left her when she met with a friend and basically jumped from her to that friend because the friend ends up, um, you know, completely on their own coming up with a very similar book idea and publishes it. And so she says, you know, in this case, the idea kind of gave up on her and that the idea decided to move to somebody else. I love this this kind of notion of it being able to leap. And I actually told my son, my 10-year-old son, this story, read it to him uh, from the book Big Magic, and he loved it because it was it's really, really well written in the book. Also, I love some of the advice she gives to writers. So at this point, being fairly uh, soon in my career, she talks about the idea of taking the long view on your writing career and not letting rejections get to you. And certainly I've had rejections, be it from, you know, magazines or from book publishers in terms of uh, not wanting to publish what I've written. And I think the way that she puts it, that you have to write every day, you just have to keep going because writing is part of you because you create really makes it feel less stinging. Um, you're able to just kind of move on and say, yeah, not this one, not this time, but I'm going to keep at it. 
Also, that's another big thing that she mentions is the idea of a daily writing practice and that in order to get better, in order to keep moving forward and creating, you really need to work on it every single day. And I think that could apply to so many other creative fields, definitely music. We know practicing music and creating every day uh, is is a great way to become very accomplished in that field. Dancing uh, would definitely be another one like that as well. One of the pieces of advice that she gives as well that is kind of outside the creativity realm, but is definitely more life advice. She says, nobody's ever thinking about you. People are mostly just thinking about themselves. And Rachel Hollis always brings this up as well. And it's come from this book, Big Magic. But I think that is always good advice for us all to to keep in mind that we think everyone is watching with bated breath our Instagram feed or waiting for our next podcast or our blog or maybe just whatever we're posting on Facebook or what we're doing this weekend. But really, people aren't really thinking about us. They're planning their own time. They are putting their own things out there and we're not their biggest concern. Certainly, people do judge and and that's, I think... um, not exactly what she's getting at. People do judge others, but the amount of time they really spend thinking about that judgment that they pass or watching what we're doing is is quite limited. So I loved that perspective. So I, I really have taken big magic to heart in terms of creating for myself. The one other piece of advice that I have definitely taken is that Liz talks about creating something to save yourself and not thinking about the reception of others. And I loved this idea because it really got me into a headspace of thinking about what do I need? What do I want to write about that would help me? And how could I take this to heed and not be worried about what others will think about what I'm working on or writing about. And really, it applies to podcasting as well, right? What what do I want to hear talked about? Um, and, and then putting that out there and having that be kind of a more genuine or authentic way to create. And I really like this thinking. So one of the things I've always wanted to do is write a book and... I think I started taking my writing more seriously about nine years ago. Uh, My son was about one and a half and I had taken on a new job and my manager at the time was a former teacher and so she loved to help people develop and I remember writing is a big part of my day-to-day job and so she read some of my writing and she said you know this is really good like you're very clear you're a great writer you can express ideas in a way that uh, not everybody can and I had never really heard that Um, you know I had spent a lot of time in school doing science and then even doing my uh, graduate degree I never really thought my writing was particularly great um so I, I kind of took this to heart and she said, yeah, you should find a way to start writing, write something, write outside and, and develop this. And so I did. I started a blog at that time and I've never looked at myself as a creative person. And so with that, I thought, well, I can't 
come up with a crazy world, you know, like Harry Potter or the way the Lord of the Rings has these detailed fictional characters and a whole new world created. That's just never been how my brain works. And so what I did was I started to blog kind of about life and things that I was experiencing as a relatively new mom and a working mom and all of those things. And that definitely fit, but I've still ever since then struggled with this idea of creativity. And one thing that Liz uh, talks about in Big Magic is that creators are makers, whether you are making dinner, whether you are making a cabinet, you know, something like woodworking, whether you are growing food, that is all making. And she said, oftentimes creators come from long lines of creators. And I had always thought of myself as, you know, who am I to try to be a writer? Like, I don't come from people that write, you know, my ancestors grew food. They, you know, that's totally different. I'm not from a line of writers. But in in sort of seeing this perspective of creating being many different things, I started to think and you know, my dad's always been into woodworking and my mom's a great sewer. And yeah, my ancestors were into agriculture. And so it really made me think, you know what, maybe making things is part of my DNA. Maybe it is something that is a gift. And maybe that's why I keep having this longing to write and create and so from there, I started to think about, well, what, what would a book look like? You know, maybe that's the dream. But again, I kept walking myself backwards and saying, no, I'm not able to come up with some of these worlds. And, and that's, that's what writing is. And kind of discounting so much of their writing by just focusing on the fact that I, um, you know, cannot create in my mind, certain alternate realms. And, and so from there, you know, I did also blog uh, on another blog, which is my current blog, theallergybeast.wordpress.com. And on there, I really started that because I was trying to process some of the food allergies that my daughter had in this new world that I was dealing with, with my son's disorder, pandas, um, and just basically, again, started writing about real things. And from there, I still had this longing for a book. So last year in January of 2019, I went on a work trip to London, England. And it was one of the nights that I was there journaling. And all of a sudden, this idea just came to me that I've done so much learning on PANDAS, which is my son's disorder. And that stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcus. And I've spent years now, uh, he's had it for several years, and just trying to learn about it, reading everything, reading forums of different parents, reading scholarly articles, reading newspaper articles, reading just any advice from the medical community that I could find, and then talking to various doctors and different types of doctors, neurologists and um immunologists and even pediatricians and just trying to understand what this could be and and what it looked like and 
it just came to me that maybe that's the book I need to write, that I've learned so much about this disorder and had so many emotions and feelings that I needed to find a way to collect those and get those out and put those somewhere else. Because we know journaling is so cathartic that that writing can be the same. And so I thought, but I don't want to write. I'm not, you know, a psychologist and I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to write a book that is a prescription for people. I'm not going to write a book that is meant to be advice. I'm not going to write a book that people can think will solve their problems with this disorder. But instead, I wanted to write a book focusing on the journey and where we've been and where others have been with this disorder. And so from that, I thought, well, who who could use a book like that? And to me, what really stuck out was middle grade children, because that's when pandas really hits. And that's when we do see a lot of mental health issues uh, coming up in children, and they don't necessarily know what it is. And I recently read a book with my son called O.C. Daniel by Wesley King, which is uh, similar in that in that book, uh, the boy is a little bit older. He's, um, I think, in eighth grade, but I could be wrong on the his age. And he starts discovering OCD within himself. And so that was quite interesting as well. And, and along the same lines of what I had written. So we just read this book um, in the last month or so. But um, I started writing the middle grade novel in January 2019 then. I got this idea and I thought, this idea has come to me in Liz's way and I'm going to run with it. But being that I'm a busy working mom of two, it was really challenging to find time to write this type of book. And so what I did was take some of the advice that Liz gave about writing daily and taking some of the advice that we hear from Rachel Hollis and the Hollis Co. about getting up an hour early, taking an hour for ourselves to work on our goals. And so that was what I did as one of my morning tasks, started writing this book. And it really started to just come out as stories, little pieces about what what it's like to try and get a panda's diagnosis and what it's like to have pandas and what that can look like. Um, in terms of mental health and in terms of school and in terms of activities and things like that. And so it is a work of fiction. It's not supposed to be, um, you know, a biography of me or my family, anything like that. But it is more how it can look for various people in the community. And it's also not exact because there will be tons of people that will say, well, that's not been our experience and that's okay. So the idea for me was to just start working through all of this knowledge that I've gained and look at where it could take a story. And so I did make the story of a younger boy and and a journey there that his family as well as him took in in his panda's diagnosis and and trying to manage it and create it into their life. Um 
And so I, I've had some very good times. It took me about six months to write the book at the beginning of January uh, 2019 and onwards. And then from there began editing, which is super duper painful, but also very exciting. So that included content editing where I would go through and figure out, okay, things are missing here and this doesn't make sense and they're not going to know what I mean. And so that was really interesting to be able to do that with... Um, a work of fiction because I do it in my day-to-day job where I notice things aren't explained properly and I have to go back, but uh, it was quite different to do it in fiction. And then also looking at the consistency of the story. And then from there, got into more uh, copy editing in terms of tense and grammar and um, how things are expressed and even sequencing to some degree. So after that, I started my road in terms of looking for a publisher and looking for an agent and found that to be very challenging. So I did decide to move on with a publisher and met with them for my first meeting last week and really am excited because it's looking like I could potentially have this book published in the next six months if I keep working away and uh, taking advice and moving forward. So that'll look like doing some, again, more developmental editing, then copy editing, and then moving into actually looking at what does the the book look like and then how to sell it. So part of that will be um, trying to establish what the market could be and, you know, do I sell it online, which I think that's likely what I'll do and, and how to move it forward. So I'm very excited because I think in this project, it is the project that I needed. It's the one that's allowed me to come to peace a lot with this disorder that has taken so much time and energy over the years and allowed me to really take it on in a loving way and not feel that constant frustration or wondering why and and maybe this is part of a why that I can put this out there. I also think that the book will hopefully fill a need within our young adults that a lot of times we're telling children, we're telling kids that it's okay to have feelings and it's okay to um, maybe have mental health challenges and things like that, but we're not always seeing that reflected in popular culture and we're not always seeing that reflected out there. And what I really loved about the idea of putting out a middle grade novel is to try to normalize some of the mental health challenges that go along with pandas, which are things like OCD, anxiety, depression, aggression, uh, behavior issues at school or with others, um, even on sports teams and things like that. Like there are all of these different pieces that go along with that disorder. And that's really why I felt like it was such a perfect thing to explore because there are so many kids that will struggle similarly with maybe a piece of that, maybe not the entire thing, but a piece of it, as well as um, different types of motor and vocal tics and things like that, which can all be part of pandas. And I think that in writing a novel like this, it my hope is that even though the principal aim has been to fulfill something in me and 
to write for myself what I needed, I hope that there may be a takeaway for any other person out there that um, feels like they are struggling with any piece of this. And maybe just even that they feel that they're not alone or, or that it's again normalized. So I'm super excited and um, going to be putting things out there on my Instagram as I work forward in this publishing journey and hopefully you can follow that um, as well on my blog over the next six months as we get closer and closer to an actual book. So thank you for listening today as I talked about creativity and hopefully some of uh, Liz Gilbert's messages on creativity have made sense to you as well. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and found it useful. As always, this podcast is just based on my experience and not intended to be any type of medical advice. If you do like the podcast, consider subscribing. Um, Also, you can follow my blog at www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com or also consider following me on Instagram. It's at Sarah Lady Gluten at S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N. See you next week and thanks again for listening.